Daryl. Nick. Let's ride. <laughs> I just did a cool sunglasses put on for everybody out there. Put them on in a cool way. Why All right, let's start that? this episode over. We're starting over. Roll back the tape. We're starting this episode over. We're starting it right. This is No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I am Daryl Wong. Daryl, every week we watch a Fast and Furious movie. Every single week. And then we talk about it. For good, I mean, you know, depending on how much we really have to say that week. Mm-hmm. This week we watched Too Fast, Too Furious. This is cycle 23. This is the 23rd time we've watched this movie. Um, how'd you feel about it? So I took this one right down to the wire. I mm. like literally just rolled credits mm. one minute ago. A classic maneuver. Classic. Really taking it back to the roots here. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, didn't enjoy this one as no. I usually do. No. The, the main reason why is because um, over the past couple of days here, I've been watching Mission Impossible movies. Oh, incredible. Oh, man. Um, I watched four and five, I think. Which are, um, I always get the names flipped, but I think four is Rogue Nash and five is Ghost Pro. So I think they're flipped. Ghost Protocol comes first because as the they have to go into Ghost Protocol first, and then they all and get, then they can become a Rogue Nash. Exactly. I don't think you're right. I'm gonna straight no, they, up stand on two <laughs> legs and think you're wrong. Pretty sure they have to go into Ghost Protocol because they have to go into hiding, and then but the, that's but like to, this is why I think it's always confusing because that logically makes sense. But I actually think it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. That they na- mm-hmm. they just named them because they're fucking movies, and they just named them. I mean, um, this is this is the source of confusion that led me to watch these movies to begin. Oh with. my god, you're so you're so right. So Ghost Protocol is first. Yeah, the reason for that, and I mean, obviously, I remember it because I just watched them. But Ghost Protocol, I should have trusted you. <laughs> they have to go into hiding. <laughs> rogue nation okay. comes about because they're battling these other they're one rogue nation but they're battling the syndicate which is also which is another a bunch rogue of rogues nation. so there's two rogue nations that they have to battle what's the bad guy's name in both those movies the no, whispery look. one who's really yeah. good who's played by sean harris mm-hmm. i don't think you see him in ghost protocol he just uh, no he's uh, is he? I don't think yeah, he's yeah, you're right, you're right, right. He's not, he's not. You're right, because then he's like in Rogue Nash, mm-hmm. and then he's in um six, which is called Fallout. Fallout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those movies. Is are that good. the same guy? Yeah. Because the Fallout guy, so the in Rogue Nation, it's the guy with the horn rim glasses, yeah. very like small, like a small face, almond, yes. almond face. That's the same. Like, isn't the guy in Fallout extra crazy? Like he's the oh maybe that is the same. Yeah, guy, he's, he's with the big he's beard the and he's in the straitjacket and they're oh, trying to break him out. Yeah, that's him. That's Got him. It. Yeah, big yeah, big makeover, big makeover, big sticky beard. 
I mean, Fallout's good. Fallout might be my fave. Have you mm-hmm. seen Fallout at this point? I have. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like in this in this midsection of um, the Mission Impossible movies, not only are they all named basically the same thing, they're hard to keep track of. But I've seen I've seen them all. I just don't remember. Well, Fallout. The Mission Impossible movies are an interesting case study mm-hmm. because I'm gonna bring it back to the topic here. They align very well with the Fast and Furious movies. That's right. Wherein the first chunk are um, have a like a markedly different vibe and feel and like polish than the sort of later ones. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Mission Impossible One, which is a '95 movie, Brian De Palma movie, very good movie, but also very like of a time, very '90s stylized. It's got some stuff going on. That scene where they like lower in and he catches the sweat on his hand is incredible. Classic. Jean Renault. Um, and then two is like an insane movie. It's not good. So is two the one is like, I'm pretty sure I saw two as a teenager. Yeah. Maybe in the movie theater. I might not have been old enough actually to see the movie theater. Is that the one where he has to, um, he uses the cigarette next to the bathtub to practice, um, holding his breath for a really long time. Uh, I don't remember that part. I mean, who's mm. the one that starts with him climbing a rock face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, and then he does the reverse. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> he does the reverse does dino the or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a John Woo movie. It's like, it's pretty wild. It's not very good. It's directed by somebody who, um, who has a lot of talent and... Um, does a lot of interesting stuff, much mm-hmm. like John Singleton is very, you know what I mean? Like very focused, very stylized, um, really had a lot to say, but it's also a movie that I think overall, like too fast, too furious is seen as a bit of a failure. Now I think too fast is a much better movie than mission Impossible Two, but mm-hmm. right. <laughs> mission Impossible three. Mm-hmm. Is seen, directed by J.J. Abrams, is seen as a sort of like return to, like a, a sort of resetting of, of things. And I won't say that Tokyo Drift is the same, mm-hmm. but I will say it's like, it is the start of something new, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the Justin Lin era. It's the beginning. It's the Inklings. And three is definitely like where Michelle Moynihan comes in, like his wife. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's sort of interesting. Philip Seymour Hoffman plays the bad guy. I think overall it's not very good, but it's mm-hmm. definitely like a start. They're doing new stuff. And then you get to Ghost Pro and um, it's great. It's yeah. Brad Bird. That movie's really good. That movie's really, really, really good. Uh, and that's sort of akin to four, right? Fast and Furious, where you're like, okay, now we're cooking. Now we got mm-hmm. the element that we love from three, which is like Justin Lin, and uh, you know we uh, we bring that over to the 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 Vin Diesel Paul Walker focused movies, and like let's ride with it. Like we got a formula to go for here, and that's mm-hmm. the same thing with Ghost Pro. It's like we got a formula. The formula is. Watch Tom Cruise do the craziest fucking banana shit a person has ever done. Yeah. 
right? Is like, he? Yeah. Like in terms of like the physical, like super yoga gymnastic stuff, does he actually do all that? Yeah. I like, like, I look at it and it's like, oh my God, that's like physically, he's like an Olympic athlete as far as I can tell. I mean, he's incredible. I mean, say whatever you want about Tom Cruise's beliefs, uh-huh. but the guy is kind of undeniable, right? Oh my God. Yes. And like, no, he's not like actually just suction suction cup to the outside of the Burj Khalifa, but he is outside of it, hanging by a rope like a mile in the air. I'm not mm-hmm. into that. <laughs> you know, I'm not into that. Thank you. No, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm extremely good. I'm extremely good on that. Um, you know, and the movies are sold on. I think it's just like at this point, the fourth installment, both the franchises figure out what they're going to sell themselves on. Mm-hmm. And what the Fast and Furious is going to sell themselves on is like this sort of ridic- heightening of stakes, ridiculousness, like car stunts, live action shit. And what um, the Mission Impossible guys figure out is like, oh, we're going to actively market these movies on Tom Cruise actually doing these stunts. Because mm-hmm. he was supposed to pass the torch in that movie. Oh, in really? Five, in four. I didn't know that. Yeah, the plan was to pass the torch um, and have him and pass it off to Jeremy Renner, basically. Oh, I see how they were setting that up. Mm-hmm. And... Then, um, when, you know, I think before five, four came out, they greenlit five, they hired Macquarie who wrote, who helped redraft four. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was a guy Tom liked and Macquarie was like, well, if we're going to do this, Like, you you have no movie if you don't have Tom Cruise. Like, I think it was very smart and astute observation was like, you, I get what you were trying to do, but it it is an idiotic idea in terms of the Mission Impossible franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise came up last week when we were talking, like he's looking for, he's looking, everybody wants that second franchise that they can build those extra bucks on. Yeah, if he had given up or if he had given away Mission Impossible at four, yeah, that would have been a pretty serious gap in his. Uh... Well, I'm sure he didn't want to, but uh-huh. you know the studios were like, "We're gonna take this away from you," mm-hmm. and it was based off of a sort of string of Tom Cruise not doing very well. I mean, he really the four and five Mission Impossible movies kind of created this resurgence in his career that he kind of desperately needed, right? Mm -hmm. Because you go back to his big movies before that, you're talking about stuff like in the 2003-2004 era when he sort of went publicly a little Mm -hmm. cuckoo in front of people, right? Yeah. And then there was, like, his ties to Scientology, which people, like, and then there was a bunch of Scientology stuff to came, that came out. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, like, right at the t- He went kind of nuts. I don't know what came first, but, like, he 
he went kind of nuts. And then, like, uh, there was just conversations around the 6, 06, 07 of just, like, oh, Scientology exists, and they have a shit ton of money, and they're super weird. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, series, like, I'm a Scientologist. Leia Ramini was doing stuff. And so then what you've got is all this footage of, like, Tom Cruise standing up on, like, the Scientology gathering of, like, Ancients podium and giving, like, speeches, too, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, that's not awesome either. Right. He's divorced. He's Katie Holmes. And then, like, Katie Holmes is like, you're weird. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving and I'm taking our daughter. So, like, that was a problem for him. Like, he just had troubles in, like, the 04 to, 0 to like, t- 2010 range. Like, mm-hmm. Dude had a tough time. Um, and then these movies kind of saved his penis a little bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, whatever problems he had, he definitely put into this movie and produced, mm-hmm. like, incredible motion pictures yeah. here. Because without knowing all that context, after watching 4 and 5, I'm just like, oh my God, this guy is a bona fide superstar. Yeah, he's okay. a mega... He's, yeah. what, he's probably... In my mind, the best move person to be who to possess the qualities of a movie star, almost ever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's better he's than incredible. any Bond. Like, I mean, I, the, I mean, yeah, you know, it's like right. People put those Mission Impossible movies up against the Craig Bond movies, and like in the era that they've came out, hit for hit, like. The Mission Impossible movies, in my mind, have been fairly more cons- successful in terms of like constructing an entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't like a bunch of those Bond movies, but like four, five, six, Mission Impossible, those movies are excellent. Every yeah. like excellent, like uh, operating at a level of quality that is uh, like unparalleled. Right? Mm-hmm. They're so good. Not only do they have Tom Cruise superstar. They've got the masks, all right, and uh, the three D printed change oh, your identity the mask. anytime <laughs> mask. <laughs> this is what I like about you, Dar. I try to get a little heady. I try to like think, break these things down on technical merits. I try, you know, I, I listen, and 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 that's sometimes the wrong way to do it because at the uh-huh. end of the day, the, <laughs> the Mission Impossible movies do have the masks. <laughs> And that shit's incredible. So good. It'll get you every time. It it literally gets me every time they do it. It's amazing. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. No, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, Yeah, but did you hear seven and eight just got pushed another year? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we won't see those until 2023. And 2024. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sucks. It was on my most anticipated movies of 2022 list, mm-hmm. but it's not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Huge bummer. Huge bummer. Um, well, and like, basically, you know, like there's a lot of parallels. But th- I mean, I guess you can say that and like I'm trying to draw a very direct line. But you can kind of say that with any of the parallels between, like, the franchise era of cinema, right? Of, like, oh, we actually figured out really well how to just market these things and, like, make Mm -hmm. movies that, like, maximize our impact 
and um, if it's not doing that, we don't give a shit about it. So, you know, any successful franchise probably has a similar-ish trajectory if it's lasted over the last 15 years mm-hmm. in terms of, like, taking a few that were relatively successful but took, you know, a few movies to find their footing and then hit on what made them very marketable and then sort of did that on repeat. Mm-hmm. So, too fast. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, Daryl, let me ask you a question. I mean, have you ever had, like, a big gulp? Yes. Yeah, me too. Definitely. A couple in my life. Not, like, a ton. Well, how many ounces are in the current big gulp? That, like, a s- I think 40? there's a couple. 32? I think there's, like, a big gulp, and then I think there's, like, a... I think there's, like, an extra big gulp, isn't there? So, I have... I've consumed an extreme gulp before. There you go. <laughs> extreme gulp, I don't think they sell this. It's more like a souvenir cup. It looked like a miniature, like, igloo Gatorade-style thing. That thing must have carried... Yeah. Gallon? No. Half gallon, maybe, of liquid. And I I filled it up with slushy, and I went to go play... Counter Strike at an Hell internet cafe fucking one time. Yes, that sounds like the raddest afternoon ever. <laughs> I remember playing Counter Strike for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like this custom map in Counter Strike that had two planes that were flying next to each other, one with terrorists and one with counter terrorists, and you had to like fucking. Pop, 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 pop. And then you could like Sweet. get up on the wing and jump from plane to plane. Oh, it was my awesome. God. Yeah. Um. Anyway, there is a big gulp. Then there is a super big gulp, which is 44. So the big gulp is 32. Mm-hmm. Super big gulp is 44. And then there's a double gulp, which is 64. <laughs> Fucking. 64? <laughs> okay, so at the point where you're carrying 64 ounces around, is it, does it in a, is it in a normal size cup or do they have to start changing the container? Because having an open, like, normal cup size. You, how do you fit your bottom, hand around that? Exactly. Like, you also have to, you might have to thicken up. It's a bucket. I think it looks, the plastic on the double gulp looks very robust. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, what it doesn't have is the tapering at the bottom for a cup holder. It's just Mm like, listen, I can't fuck around with that. (laughs) You shouldn't be drinking this while you're operating a vehicle. This is is too cumbersome. (laughs) That's one of those, put it on the ground in the passenger seat or in the driver's seat. And it's like the soup, the double gulp. Must come with a three foot long straw. Yeah, I, it's, it's <laughs> crazy. It's like one of those gravity bongs that's like four uh-huh. four feet tall. You're like people shouldn't do this. By the time you get to double gulp size, you yeah. probably should have just purchased two big gulps. Because doesn't a big gulp fit in the cup holder? I'm sure there's a there's an economy of scale to be gained by. By purchasing the double gulp. <laughs> the right? practicality, though, of the double <laughs> I, gulp. I, I, well, I get it. I get it. But if you had a regular standard console cup holders where you have one, two right next right. to each other, could you, because <laughs> the big gulp tapers out and goes up, could you physically fit those two gulps next to each other? No shot. No, no shot. No shot. No, way. no shot. No shot. Okay. <laughs> 
my my question for you is: Yes, you've consumed a big gulp. Yes, mm-hmm. I've consumed a big gulp in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even a super. I don't think I've ever had a double. <laughs> Have you ever taken one of those to a workplace meeting? <laughs> No, no, that's like no. that's strictly that's strictly <laughs> leisure. All right, if I'm going to workplace meeting, the smaller the better. Okay, yeah, if workplace meetings like beverage, op- like be- ac- acceptable beverage options at a workplace meeting, <laughs> go coffee, mm-hmm. tea if you're in Britain or some kind of European country, mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. End of list. If it's a working things. lunch meeting, and it's catered with subs, cut subs, mm-hmm. a can of soda is acceptable. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like hanging out at four o'clock and someone's cracking a Pepsi, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean... What are you doing? Yeah, I think, like, at least in all the workplaces I've been in, coffee, water, you can have a can of soda. You can have an energy drink. You could have a... Yeah, that is, I guess, like a... Yeah, yeah. I feel like you can almost only have a Red Bull. If I show up with an energy drink, inappropriate. (laughs) I was just thinking. I was like, it's got to be petite, I would say. Uh Like, I think you don't want to be rolling into workplace meeting with, like, a... With like a twenty ounce giant can of Nos or something, right? Like, yeah, like even fr- fr- tr- like tropical punch Nos or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like even, wild. Even a five hour energy, I think, is inappropriate. It's it signals that you're already out of control. If you have to be popping a five hour energy at time of meeting, you're no, no, no. It's like take care of your five hour energy is like. <laughs> Dave, take care of business before the meeting. Please. Do you need a day? Do you, you like, need a day? Would you like to go to like the the wellness quote unquote wellness room mm-hmm. to go drink that and then come back? Do you need yeah. some privacy for that? Right. Um, I'm not a five hour I'm energy guy. I'm not a I'm not a five he guy. Me neither. No, I think I've had one, but I've had didn't it, do it for me. I couldn't feel the effects. I wanted sip. Mm-hmm. Beverage, a beverage. That's like part mm-hmm. of the f- stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the marketing for fiber energy. It's like gives you energy with none of the fun part of like mm-hmm. ha- sipping a, be- a bev. You know, yeah. Just drink this lukewarm cough syrupy thing, and, yeah. um, <laughs> and then go about your day. It. It's like yeah. no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So all I would try to say is Gallo's Pizza. Our friend Agent Dunn. Obviously, he's got a. The cup says Gallo's Pizza, but we obviously know it's a stand-in for a big gulp. But, like, Mm -hmm. you're in a meeting. (laughs) Right? Yeah, a cross, um, uh, not departmental, but, like, cross-agency meeting here. Like, FBI is meeting with customs here. This is not even just a normal meeting. This is an important meeting. And you're a junior agent. (laughs) Like, obviously... Trying to, like, go to the workplace in a way that impresses people, right? Mm-hmm. And do your job mm-hmm. well in a way that impresses people. And, like, literally you show up and you're like, yeah, big gulp. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is normal, non-psychopath behavior. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, like, maybe it's after lunch, but still, it's like, put it in the fridge, get it later. Mm-hmm. You're sending the wrong signals, Agent Way Dunn. wrong. Way wrong signals. Way wrong. And clearly, and it doesn't work out for him. Mm-hmm. He thinks he has more status than he actually does. He's got, yeah, he thinks he, and then Brian totally Kaiser Soze's him, you know, mm-hmm. and like, fucking calls him out on the gala of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Should have done your research. If Bilkins is there, sipping on a big gulp, or even a double gulp, very cool. Lot very of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the true. way to go. <laughs> that's true. Anything Bilkins does is cool, though. Right? Uh-huh. So maybe that's the only time it's appropriate to bring, like, um, a large soda, is if you're the top dog. All right? Yeah. And part of being the top dog is having the confidence to do... Weird shit like that, you know? <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tom Berry, we talked about before, should come back to this franchise. Mm-hmm. By the way, all these beverage meeting rules are out the window if you work in IT. If you work in IT, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Those guys don't care. If you're having internal IT meetings, all, like, <laughs> no holds barred. Okay, all bets are off on the beverage front. You can have whatever mm-hmm. you want. <laughs> a friend of the show, Max Ziskin, once worked in IT for a while. And, like, basically he's in an office with, like, four other guys. And all of them are just, like, huge cans of drinks and just <laughs> ripping fat fucking vape clouds all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Uh, Tom Barry should come back to the franchise. It would Same be character. great to see Bilkins again. Yeah, and he's also like not out of yeah. He's not out of the running. He's not out of context. If he wants to show up at any time, we'll know who he is. We'll know what he's there for. Didn't leave on bad terms. Mm-hmm. Didn't you know? Isn't scornful. Thinks they did a good job. Hasn't met Dom Toretto, which would be a really interesting pairing. Mm, interesting. I, I would love it if that. Bilkins came in for some reason and, like, kind of wasn't fucking buying Dominic Toretto's Ooh. shit, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that I be like good? That a lot. If oh. he's, like, not buying the sort of, like, uber confidence and, like, playing it by ear and, like, mm-hmm. you know. That's the, yeah, I mean, I think that's the counterforce we've been kind of looking for over the past, you know, handful of movies here. Yeah. I think Dominic Toretto has sort of gotten too big, and Bilkins could be a pretty good counterforce. Yeah, totally. Totally. I would love that. I would love that. Um, all right, what else you got for Too Fast, Too Furious? Nothing. I got. I got almost... I got basically nothing for this movie. Yeah. I watched it. wasn't It's fine. Like, movie. honestly, it wasn't that bad a watch for me. Yeah. I can't, like, turn around and be like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed doing this today when I watched it. But it was fine. I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm so mindless to these movies now that it's like, I don't know. Maybe this will, this will be, like, the, the, the gray cycle where I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And that's how one felt. I mean, you know. One was not fun to watch either, but like, I was like, whatever, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, okay, well, you want to do some shout-outs? I do. I do want to do some shouties. Okay. Um, I can go first. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what you got for me? So, sort of launching off your shout-out from last week, where mm-hmm. you sold the Tiguan to Trivago? No. Carvana. Carvana. Trivago mm-hmm. was like a travel, or was. <laughs> Mm, that sounds like one of those that like maybe had a Super Bowl ad and then went <laughs> splat. Fucking exact. My dream in life is to keep, run a company that has just enough money <laughs> to buy one Super Bowl ad before going under. Uh-huh. Um, totally. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Carvana. You saw, well, launching off that, because I had this Audi here. Hmm. And the Audi, I took it to a mechanic. There was like an oil leak and a coolant leak. And the mm-hmm. coolant leak was fixable. Like you just got to get a new basket. But the problem is the Audi is kind of badly designed where the basket sits right next to this kind of hot pipe. And mm-hmm. so like over time, the pipe melts the plastic for the coolant basket. And then like the coolant can kind of seep out. Yeah. So that's what happened to my vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so I go to got a new basket. It was like... 150 bucks or something like that. And then, okay. But the oil leak, like, with these, you know, there's, you just, it's like so fucked. <laughs> Cause it's like, it could be anywhere. Anywhere in the system. Yeah. Anywhere. And they were like, to diagnose this thing alone is like a thousand dollars. Like, we're not fucking around. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to do it. The piano was like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend the time to find this oil leak because it's it's a night when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's a nightmare. It can be mm-hmm. anywhere in the system. It can be any tiny little crack. Like it's enough to let a droplet of oil seep out and fucking start smoking, and that's what was happening. And like, so I was basically like, and then like to fix it is also a nightmare. So mm-hmm. I was basically like, let's just unload it, like cut my losses. I'm not going to make a profit off it, but I didn't spend that much on this car and mm-hmm. like whatever. So I called uh, around to a few places and got some quotes. And like, there was one that was by far more like more than three times all the others. Uh, it was a place called pick apart. Mm. And, um, what they do is they have big car yards around the city of Auckland and basically, you can go there. I've been for, for the Triumph. You can go there and pick and literally yourself pick off pieces of a car. If you bring you bring your own tools and you detach things and take whatever you want. Hmm. And, um, and then you go to the counter and they like give you a little like a whatever. You're like, yeah, 40 bucks for this thing, 20 bucks for this thing, whatever. And then you pay and you get out of there. That sounds like a, like a sci-fi space scavenger, like it feels way like to that. handle things. And right? when you go, you're like kind of wandering around. I mean, you can look at their catalog online, see what they have before you go, which is mm-hmm. a really nice feature. Um, but like f- then you got to go find it there, and you're like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and um. Uh, yeah, it looks like this sort of dystopian, futuristic 
car yard with like just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of vehicles that have mm-hmm. like been half picked apart. But they gave me a bigger quote than anybody else. So I'm not, I didn't lose like a girl. I mean, I lost money on this vehicle, but I did mm-hmm. drive around for like nine months, had a good time, got me mm-hmm. A to B. And, um, you know, didn't, didn't like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad about it basically. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, I mean, with that transaction, does it imply that the part value of your car is greater than? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and if you look up, like, I mean, that's the problem with fixing these things, too. It's like the European, the Volkswagens, the BMWs, the Audis are all, like, the parts are just fucked, expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so these people recognize that and figure that they like by parting this thing out, they're gonna make a, a good amount of money, uh, even selling them at a you know thirty percent discount by mm-hmm. having to go get them yourself or whatever, and giving me a bunch of cash. So, um, yeah, exciting. So pick so apart. I want to give them a shout out, basically. Cool. Yeah, I like that business model. It's interesting. I like it too. I like it Does too. That... And they gave me cash on hand. They the dude drove here with a truck, made sure the car was in the condition I told him it was. Mm-hmm. Gave me the cash and loaded the car up and drove away. Sick. I was like, I'm pro that exchange. I don't have to yeah. do anything else. <laughs> um so you're down to one car? Are you gonna are you Well the Triumph is hopefully getting back up and running shortly. I gotta get a new battery, but I'm not going to make it my daily anymore. But I'm not in, like, the mode of, like, I'm going to buy a car right away. I'm going to take my time. I've got, mm-hmm. like, Ellie's got a Toyota Corolla. We're going to mm-hmm. share that for the time being. I'm working from home a lot. So it's like I don't need to be all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, feeling good about that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I might try to buy a Mazda. I mean, Miata? wish well i can't help you then <laughs> dominic toretto drives a mazda i feel like i could drive one too yeah that's true that's true that's true that's true so um, um all right what do you want to shout out to this week all right so i have a very specific shout out it is to rollerblading in the winter as a substitute to ice skating Okay? okay, here's the deal. I like ice skating. It's very fun. Yeah. It is a pain in the butt to go to a place and have this experience, yeah. which I try to do, you know, once a year at this point. Right. Because I like it. It's enjoyable to me. It's a really good time. Um, it's about, yeah, it's, how cold is it? It's probably in the 20s right mm-hmm. now in New York. Freezable um, temperatures. Yeah, freezable temperatures. I'm out here. We haven't really been doing anything with all the Omicron, but... I went for a little rollerblade today at a, we have a a huge, we have a number of huge, like, middle schools around here. Here are the pros, okay? One, you get the full experience of ice skating. Like, it's not any more dangerous. If you fall on cement, it's equally as dangerous as falling on ice. And it's not that cold. Sometimes less. Sometimes less. I mean, if you're on a lake. Mm Mm-hmm. And you fall, and it's in the wrong spot. 
and it's too a little bit too warm, mm-hmm. maybe you're falling through, and that's very dangerous. <laughs> that is very dangerous. So can't fall through concrete. Mm-hmm. So if you're worried about getting hurt, concrete is as safe, if not safer, than totally. ice. And if you're worried about being cold, like the idea of like rollerblading in the cold doesn't really make sense until you consider it as a substitute to ice skating, mm. which is always cold. Mm-hmm. And she just wears some pants and a jacket and a couple of gloves. You wear whatever you would wear ice skates. Strap on your elbow pads over top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can the likelihood, And the likelihood that you're wearing a helmet rollerblading as opposed to ice skating is... I mean, nobody wears a helmet ice skating unless no. you're playing hockey. I mean, or or a little baby. Mm-hmm. Unless you're hockey, yeah, uh, yeah. Unless you're playing hockey or you're a baby, right? So those two things work in favor of rollerblading in the winter. The final piece here is that you'd think that you're there for the experience of like skating in an ice rink, being around other people. But if you have decent ice skating skills, those people are cumbersome. And once the zamboni comes out. Really, the best part of ice skating is if there's nobody there. Right, totally, totally, totally. So, so where are you doing? Are you just commuting like this? Not commuting. There's a like a playground, maybe five blocks away from me. But you could easily yeah. do this. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like all of these basketball courts, like all of these playgrounds are abandoned in the winter time because it's too cold for kids to play basketball and do whatever they normally do out there. Yeah. So you basically have wide open ice skating rinks just ready for you to be there and to enjoy sounds amazing all right shout out to rollerblading in the winter as in a substitute for ice skating there you go um if you have any thoughts on that subject and that subject only you can find us at nolt podcast n-o-l-t-t podcast on twitter uh, where no one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram, no one likes to tune a podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you catch your pods, and patreon.com slash no one likes the tune of podcast. Um, is that it? I think that's it. By the way, it. Patreon, if you want to throw us a buck, we are literally right after we're recording this, recording our first episode of The Transporter. Uh, we're doing some Jason Statham movies on the Patreon to start up. So, Transporter 1 and 2. I think there is a third Transporter. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Wait, and Crank 1 and a, 2 is the plan. Did they make a TV show out of the Transporter? Oh, they may have, but I'm not fucking around with that. No, Let me, tell you me neither. Yeah. And then I think Mechanic 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Transporter, Crank, Mechanic. Um... So we're going to record that right after this, the first in that series, and you can listen to it on patreon.com slash no one likes tuna if you throw us a buck or whatever. Mm-hmm. we got a couple tiers there, but yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's pay what you will. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, do that, and um, Daryl, we'll talk yeah. next week about Three Fast uh, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> three Fast, Three Furious. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Talk to you then. Talk to you soon.